Salutations, stranger. This is M speaking, and you're listening to Uptown Girl. Hello, everyone. It is a new day. I meant to do this podcast every Saturday, but time always escapes me. But I'm pretty much here to recap last week's shenanigans of the Bravo universe. Um, let's see here. So let's talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey and that stunning episode. Is it stunning? I'm not sure. But just to recap, so the fact that Margaret, you know, continuously calls Jen a hypocrite is incredibly astounding to me. I don't understand how it's hypocritical at all, but I feel like she like she wants Jen to be mad at Bill like Jen is mad at Marge. But it's not the same because Bill is her husband. He is the father of her children. You know, when you forgive adultery and this sort of, you know, mistrust, you kind of have to, you know, tell yourself to move forward. You know, forgive, don't forget, but, you know, move on for the sake of your relationship and your kids. And I understand why Jen is, you know, understanding of Bill at this point. Maybe not 10 years ago when it it was freshly happened, but 10 years is quite a while for time to have passed where you're not like super angry anymore. But I feel like the difference with Marge and Bill is that Marge was the other woman. She knew that the man, I think it was Joe, was that her husband's name? Um, Is it Joe? Oh gosh, I don't even know. But when she was messing with Joe, she knew that he had another family. And so I can understand why Jen would be judgmental towards Marge, but maybe not so much towards Bill. And I don't think it's like a, why do men get all like, um, why do men get a pass, but women don't? They get slut shame. They get this and that. And mm, I agree. I feel like both parties should be held accountable, you know, especially if the women knew or the other party knew. It doesn't have to be a woman. Um, but I just think it's a very unique situation in this case. But I feel like Marge is really trying to paint it, paint it as black and white. Um, other thing that I wanted to point out was about Gia. So just her talking about, you know, the issue with Joe Gorga, I feel like she really talks like Teresa, just the mannerisms, the hand gestures. It's, it's like her mini me. I was really glad that they had kind of like wrapped things up in like 1.5 episodes. I feel like, you know, now Melania is going to bring it up, have an issue with it. I don't really know if I want to see this drag on, um, even though, you know, maybe it's the real life issue, but I'm just kind of over it. This isn't really super entertaining to me. I want to get to the other stuff. Um, Another thing that we see um, is the party that Jen throws for her child. To me, I feel like she's like a really good mom. I feel like 
you know, I was surprised that they kind of outed her like this. It just completely reminds me of, you know, Denise Richards and Beverly Hills and how they kind of did her dirty that way. Um, Because, I mean, I would have never, ever, ever, ever thought that this is a storyline for this season and that they're really going to go hard for her. I know I had heard some gossip about, you know, this an affair might have happened um, in the past, but I didn't think that they would really go for the jugular. And especially with how Dolores is acting towards Jen, I'll get to that later, but they're really turning on her. Um, and another concept to me that kind of piqued my interest regarding this whole, you know, Jen and Bill situation is a lot of times you hear that the husbands, you know, not allow their wives to join, but, you know, give them, say that it's, you know, okay for their family, for the, for the wife to join Real Housewives is so that they can kind of get out of their way, start making their money, and then a divorce will occur. Now, I don't think that Jen and Bill are going to get divorced, but when Jen was recapping the affair about Bill, she was really honing in on the fact that, you know, she was a stay-at-home mom, she was pregnant, and he was cheating on her. To me, that sounds like stay-at-home mom, pregnant. Would she have, I guess, the opportunity to leave and still be okay? And so that's why I'm thinking that did she join Real Housewives as a way to make income so that she is not held hostage to this, I guess, situation again? You know, if Bill were to cheat, at least she has her own money. She can pack her things and go. That's just what, you know, came to my mind when I heard her describing this whole situation that happened 10 years ago and her kind of mindset when this was going on. Um, now, Dolores. This was really interesting to me. I... I'm typically a huge fan of Dolores, uh, kind of like a meh fan on Jackie. It's really interesting to see how we kind of see the tables turn where we see Jackie being a very supportive friend towards Jen. Dolores, not so much. You know, during that pool party at Teresa's house, she was understanding, she was listening, and then all of a sudden she realizes that Jen was snooping around, even contacting Big Frank. And she completely, like, completely flips the switch and I don't believe what anything that you know Frank is saying regarding that Jen reached out to Frank just because a lot of people on Reddit have pointed out if you know Frank and Dolores are really close if Jen were to reach out to Frank wouldn't Frank mention it to Dolores and you know we did see an episode in um last season where I feel like the husbands did know something or hear something based on, you know, Joe B mentioning that he had heard something at home, you know, when Marge was there talking to her friends. And I could have sworn that Frank had said something too. Um, but it's just really interesting to me how this is playing out. And I feel like Dolores, I don't know if she feels like she's been thrown under the bus by association because of Frank, but now she just completely is super unsupportive of Jen. I thought they were really mean to her when she was crying, how they were talking to her, like Marge and Dolores, basically saying like, you know, she shouldn't be crying. But you know, you have every right to be crying. You have every right to cry when 
something like this is outed into the world where now your family is impacted. And, you know, Marge's comment stating that kids are resilient was super interesting because not only did, you know, her kids, Joe's kids, you know, were impacted by their affair, but does she not realize that, you know, she has probably been impacted by, um, you know, what her mom had done, you know, when she was a child and when her mom, you know, was getting into her own relationship. So I don't think this kids are resilient situation is, you know, a good foundation to stand on. I feel like whatever happens when you're a child, it truly impacts you. Um, not only from your child to adulthood, but for generations to come when you have your own kids and your kids have their kids. Um, Marge also mentions that, you know, the fact that she's publicizing the truth is not hurtful. That's complete BS to me. I just airing this dirty laundry and putting it out there. Um, I don't understand why Marge is going so hard and kind of sticking to her own perspective when she clearly is in the wrong. Now, let's divert from New Jersey and head over to Summer House in the Hamptons. Um, a couple of things about this episode. Um, so we left off with Paige and Craig, Craig Paige and Craig. I want to, I mean, I feel like we should have like a, a name for them, like Brangelina. Um, Peg, Crage, Cringe. I don't know. I don't really know if I like them as a couple, so maybe we'll just go with hashtag cringe. Um, but so I don't understand why Craig is yelling at her. Um, and I don't understand how Paige is smiling at his face and acting like they're BFFs, but when she goes to the girls, she's expressing that, you know, she's upset. And we can kind of actually see it when they're at that pool place, the pool area, the pool party, you know, where she calls um, Craig an F-boy. Like, you could tell she was pissed. It just, it's, I feel like she does kind of put on the front. And I didn't really realize this when the other girls were talking about it in previous seasons where she kind of maybe acts like everything is perfect. I mean, I'm not sure. I, I don't know her in real life, but that's what, like, Lindsay was alluding to um, with Perry. Um, so I, I feel like I see it more this season because Craig seems like a really hot mess. And I don't know. I just feel like she's acting like everything's perfect. But when I, you know, listen to Giggly Squad and, you know, hear about their relationship, I'm taking it at face value. She says a lot of sweet things about their relationship, how she's super happy. They literally see each other like every week, every other week or every two weeks or something like that. And to me, it seems like a healthy relationship. But I mean, I can only take her word for what she says, you know, when she describes it. But yeah, I don't know. And then Valentine's Day was yesterday. And I mean, I don't want to get into like petty stuff. But you know, she posted that he was her Valentine, yet he didn't post anything about her except their Instagram live, but does that even count? So I don't know. I'd love to hear anybody else's thoughts about their relationship, but those are just my two cents. Um, Lindsay at that pool party where she 
ask the worker, the bartender or whatever, if he's single. And if he wants to get married, she is a total mood. And while I'm not a huge fan about Lindsay and maybe some of her, I guess, choices or traits or the way that she acts sometimes when she freaks out. Um, I feel like Lindsay is glowed up from the first time we'd seen, we'd seen her on the screen to now. Like, I think she looks absolutely amazing. I feel like she definitely has a glow to her. I know that her and um, Carl are together. I'd love to see that play out in Summer House. Um, but they seem really good and she seems great. And I hope she finds what she, you know, wants, which is a husband and kids and a family. And, you know, I'm rooting for her. And, I'm rooting for, you know, the perfect guy to show up for her. So hopefully Carl is that dude. Um, now, getting into Kyle and Amanda. I feel like this season has just started out with them fighting. And I feel like they're still kind of fighting or like still not super well. And she brings up the point about red flags, but not reading into every little thing. I... I kind of get the feeling that, like, she's waiting for Kyle to end it. And if Kyle ended it, it would be a a weight off her shoulders. And then I feel like Kyle is waiting for Amanda to end it. And if she does, it would be a weight off his shoulders. I don't know if that's the type of people people they are or this is the type of relationship. But that's just what I get, you know, from their volatile fights with each other. It's just, I don't know. It's one thing to, you know, have blowout fights once in a while. And especially when you're engaged, you know, it doesn't mean you have to stop fighting completely or when you're close to getting married. I mean, if you're stressed, you know, things happen. You're going to fight. But I feel like we are seeing it consistently each season and it's just not such a good look for them. Um, Let's see. Now, getting into pop culture news... Um, I know we were speculating on Kylie's new baby boy, his name. Um, I read some of the, you know, speculations, no guesses in the comments. Um, I guess his name is Wolf. Now she is Stormy and now she is Wolf. And I don't know if she was binging you at that time, you know, the show on Netflix where they wolf each other, Joe and Love. But they literally sound like X-Men superheroes, Stormy and Wolf. Like, it seems like she's getting the Avengers together or something. Um, and, yeah. So, our, I guess, next and final topic of the day is... Something that I'm kind of currently struggling with right now, and it is the idea of that fit body and diet culture. And I'll get into that, you know, a little bit later as my feel as to my feelings, but just an update. Um, so I'm currently doing a bone broth diet or a bone broth fast. Um, never heard of it up until like two days ago. And apparently, you know, bone broth is supposed to be good for you. I know there was a resurgence of it um, 
maybe like a year ago where they were selling packets at Costco. Um, you could just buy it at a grocery store. Um, as an immigrant child, um, I'm more familiar with, you know, boiling like oxtail and then the soup from that is basically your bone broth. Now, why I wanted to do this, I'm not super into diets um, just because I really don't believe in them, but I feel like I'm at my wit's end with my health journey. Now, I've definitely fluctuated in my weight and my lifestyle habits. Um, I remember getting super, super fit like three, four years ago when I was doing Kayla Itzina's it Itzines um, BBG Guide. That thing like literally worked for me. I was following like the Rata 4 vegan diet. I slimmed down so much that I ended up losing my period, which is way not healthy. I freaked out. So I was like, F this. I stopped working out, I think. And I was like just binging cookies, wasn't vegan anymore. I was just like, I need my period back. Now, after that point, I have not been able to get as close to how physically fit I felt back then. And it's not like I was like an athlete. And it's not like I had a bunch of muscle. But the way that I felt was different. I feel quite soft, you know, normally is my baseline. But then I was like, oh my god, I feel like tight. I feel like I could sit down and I don't have like a bunch of rolls. You know, like it felt good. And nowadays I've been trying like strength training. I had a little bit of a run with Orange Theory. Um, I haven't really changed my diet too much or I haven't really stuck with anything. But my biggest culprit is sugar, sweets, and desserts. I overindulge myself and I know that's unhealthy. And I know sugar is its own addiction. Um, so that's why I wanted to do this bone broth diet. I wanted a reset. And the purpose is for 21 days, you are eating very clean. I want to say like a paleo diet, paleo-ish for me. <laughs> and you're drinking bone broth during this time. And then two days out of the week, non-consecutive, um, you're fasting where you're only drinking bone broth, like six cups of bone broth or you're drinking like five cups of bone broth and then you're eating at the end of the day. And I'm coupling this with intermittent fasting. So currently I'm going to eat from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and then fasting the rest. I'm on my second day and I don't know how I feel, but I want to do it because I kind of want to just have a reset. And the idea of the 21 days is I think they say it takes 21 days to build a habit. And so I wanted to kind of just go this extreme diet, not necessarily to sustain it forever, but just until that I get into the habit of eating cleaner, you know, not eating a lot of sugar or any sugar or processed refined sugar, sorry. I mean, fruits are good, but just the bad stuff. I wanted to be able to, you know, incorporate that in moderation after the 21 days. But let me tell you, the the second day I feel really tough. It's supposed to be my fasting day where I'm basically just drinking bone broth. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't think I can do it because I feel hungry. And I told myself, like, I'm not going to starve myself. Um, that's not the intention. 
And I should have mentioned, sorry, that, you know, this is triggering for anyone to hear. But the goal is not to starve myself. That's not the answer. That's never what you want to do ever, ever, ever. Um, because while I do want to lean out, I still want to have muscle. And the only way you're going to have muscle is, you know, you got to eat, eat your protein, you got to eat something. And I don't want to wither away. I mean, I don't think I will, but that's where I'm at. And I don't know. I am just wanting to finally get to that place where like I have abs. I feel like that's a lot of people's goals, but I have an idea of what I want to look like. I'm just having a hard time getting there. And I feel like a lot of people go through that. You hear about it a lot. There's YouTube videos like every day, someone posting about, you know, what they're doing to get back in shape. And that is actually super inspiring to me. Um, but I hope I get there. And recently, I feel like I've been seeing women, you know, who have had babies and then they get fit, you know, after a certain amount of months or years postpartum. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, what if I have a baby and then I can like get fit? But it's like, that's not how it works. Because if I can't do it now, what makes me think I'm going to do it then? So it's, I feel like it's a lot of willpower and I feel like I can do it if I, you know, remind myself that it's good to follow a diet, you know, as long as it makes you feel good. But I'm not going to you know, let myself feel bad because I want to try something new. So I don't know, anybody try diets and had any success or failures or what What has been your guys' experience with it? I would love to hear it. Um, if you want, uh, we have an Instagram for Uptown Girls. Uptown Girl, actually, sorry, because there's only one girl in this podcast, but just remember to follow us at Uptown Girl underscore podcast. Any thoughts on these, you know, episodes, feel free to DM or comment on any of the posts and we'll see you again next week.